Yo, what's up, guys? Before we get on with today's episode, I just want to let everyone know that on Instagram, make sure you follow us at QF Podcast, and on Twitter, make sure you follow us at QF Podcast underscore. You know, we post fun content there behind the scenes and episode updates, so be sure to drop a follow there. And make sure you guys subscribe or subscribe on Apple Music or follow on Spotify. Make sure you download our episodes, listen to every episode, and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to us, guys. Thank you, everyone, and enjoy today's show. All right, guys, what's going on? Back at you with another episode of Quarantine Football. Like always, I'm your co-host, Ryan, with you guys today, sitting down on this lovely, lovely afternoon, even though it is about 90 degrees in Jersey right now and super-duper hot. You know, it's still still a lovely sunny day, but, uh, you know, got my co-host, Nate, with us today. What's going on, Nate? How's your day been so far? You know, my day's been pretty good. Uh, I've been grinding some of that econ work, but uh, other than that, you know, just uh, excited, excited to have a podcast. Excited to talk today. Yeah, man. I know uh, you got your uh, midterms coming up for that uh, that econ class, right? When when are you taking that? Uh, I've got one, one on Wednesday, one on Friday, but uh, I got them in the bag. Easy. Yeah. All right, all right. That's what I like <laughs> to hear. And uh, before we get on, I gotta have my man make a make an appearance on the camera. Where's Where's my man Carlos? I need I need to see Carlos. Oh, make an oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, we oh got, wait, can't you really can't see him because of the green there screen. There we go. But we got we got Carlos Alloplant making an appearance like always. But uh, enough about enough about our man Carlos because today we have a very special guest on the show: former New York Jets quarterback and former Seattle Dragons quarterback Brandon Silvers. What's going on, man? How you doing today? What's going on, man? Just enjoying the rainy day I got down here in Orange Beach, Alabama. But you know it's a good day. Yeah, man, definitely. You know, I wish it was a uh, wish it was a bit rainy uh, here in Jersey because you know it's like super super humid outside. I had to go uh, run some errands today. I had all my windows down, and I was still sweating so much in my car. It was it's just crazy here, and it's only ninety degrees. I can't even imagine like someone living in like the West Coast right now. It's like a hundred there. Just I can't even imagine that. You know, kind of kind of jealous of the rainy weather you got right now. Yeah, I just walked outside my uh, patio, and uh, I'm back inside. It's just still hot down here. Yeah, I mean, you know, summer weather, you know, we love it and we hate it, just how it is. But uh, I'm just going to hop right into the questions. This is one that we really like to uh, start out with, you know, kind of kind of a broad question we like to ask everybody is, uh, why did you start playing football? And then uh, more specifically, why did you choose to play quarterback? Well, I started out when I was five. I played soccer, and uh, – you know, I was tackling everybody on the field. So I played one year of soccer when I was five years old, and uh, I never stepped foot on the soccer field again. So <laughs> I played, I played, um, I played receiver before. I played running back. Um, I played safety, linebacker. I played a lot of positions, but you know, I just, you know, I had a, I always had a good arm. So you know, I just had a good arm. My uncle was a quarterback at Troy as well. So um, you know, it just stuck with me, and uh, you know, I'm still still slinging around. Yeah, I mean, you know, all those all those positions that you mentioned that you played, what would you say is, like, your favorite position that you played, like, back then outside of quarterback? Like, I know you mentioned you you played receiver, safety, all that stuff. You know, what would you say was, I guess, the, the most interesting or your favorite one that you played? Yeah, I played I played a bunch of those positions all the way in the city league, just playing because, you know, we only had 13, 14 people down here to play, so you had to play all games, so – I would say I was uh, I was a middle linebacker at one point in in C League and you know that was kind of fun hitting around people so you know but yeah, I, safety, mean, I played safety played safety in ninth grade uh, 
I just played that with freshman ball. That was the only time I played that. And then you know, I just played quarterback from seventh grade all the way up, you know, to 12th. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's weird because we've talked to we've talked to guys like offensive linemen who talk about their uh, high school experience as well. And they're like, you know, before playing O-line, I played quarterback. And I'm just like, how does that even work? You're 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 an offensive lineman, but you played quarterback. Like, I just feel like that there's such a like difference in like size and like what the positions do. It's just like so weird. But, you know, with with uh, your your experience in football, all those positions, I just think that that's really interesting and cool, you know, getting to have experience at all. uh all of those positions in the game. And, uh, you know, you talked about your uncle playing uh, quarterback at Troy. Do you think that, you know, having that, that like that family legacy uh, impacted your decision to attend Troy for your uh, college career? Yeah. My, um, he played at Troy from uh, 83 and 84. They won the D2 national championship. So, you know, I've always been a Troy fan and my mom was in the band at Troy. So I had a lot of family, a lot of family members. I've been to Troy and graduate from Troy, so, and it's only about three hours away from me, so it's a quick little trip. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, like, you said that you had this, like, this connection to Troy already, uh, you know, like, what would you say was uh, maybe, like, your favorite part about playing for Troy, like, was it something about the culture, your teammates, stuff like that, um, yeah. compared to what might have been going on at other schools? Yeah, Troy's, Troy's uh, you know, a city, I'm sure you've never been, but Troy's just a city out, you know, in the middle of Alabama, um, Saw the Wiregrass area, and really everyone, especially you go to school with, everyone really knows everyone that's in athletics. You know, you know the basketball coaches, you know the softball coaches, so everyone's a tight-knit group in Troy, so I feel like that's the best part about that town. Um, you know, it's a smaller town, which, you know, obviously, you know, has, you know, downfalls, because, you know, it's a small school, everybody kind of knows you, so. Um, but, you know, just being, you know, quarterback at Troy is, you know, best decision I made for my whole life yeah definitely and then like uh you know during your time at Troy uh was there is there any like particular game that was like your favorite or one that really stood out uh whether it's because there was a lot of uh like positive crowd environment or just like high stakes for the game like what was your uh what was your favorite game that you played in uh I mean we played a lot um you know obviously we beat LSU my senior year so that's always you know, it's going to be go down. I always, you know, tell everyone about that. But, yeah, you know, go, going in that same season, you know, the first three years we didn't win a, you know, Sunbelt title. So going to Arc State, middle of Arkansas, playing in the game where the team from the year before beat us 35 to 3, um, going on the road and beating them for the uh, championship game is, you know, it was awesome. So I feel like that's, you know, one of the big, biggest wins we've had as a program, that was to get, you know, our first ring, you know, as when Neil Brown came in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, that, go ahead, Nate. Yeah, that's that's huge. That's huge. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, getting the that big that big revenge game basically, and being able to to beat a team that really, you know, beat down on you guys the season before and get that that big win is definitely something very very enjoyable. I feel like for a football player, would you say, or who would you say, you know, was was at least your, like, biggest rival back when you were playing with Troy. You know, I know Troy is an Alabama school, so would you say that maybe, like, obviously this is, this is a really big school, but the University of Alabama, you know, Crimson Tide, would you say they're, like, kind of a, an in-state rival for you guys, or would there be, you know, another team that you would say that is really um, a big rival for you all? I would say they're rivals because we never played them and mm -hmm. probably never played them or Auburn. <laughs> so, you know, they're their own – you know, they're on their own two rivals, but – for us, it was when I first got there. It was UAB, 
and South Alabama came up. So ended up being South Alabama as well. And then we had some, you know, good rivalry with uh, Appalachian State and then Arkansas State too when we played them because, like I said, they we, we were 10-3 and my junior year, and they beat us pretty easy, 35-3. And then the next year we go up there and play them. So, you know, and we beat them last final drive. So it was a great game, and it's just a – it's a great year in general. Yeah, yeah was Nate, that? Definitely. Go ahead, Nate. Sorry. But was that? Uh, was that UAB? Uh, you know how when the like when UAB canceled their football program was that while you were playing at Troy? Yeah. So we played them my yeah. uh, freshman year, um, and that was about actually my first college game starting. So we played them, and I believe the next year they canceled their program. Yeah, that's crazy. That was something where like when I saw that, it, it was it made like all the sports news, and that was just. Uh, like watching the, there was a video of them telling the players that the football program was getting canceled. That was one of the saddest things I've seen, honestly. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just stinks. Why did they even cancel it? I forget why. That was a, yeah, that was a I, I totally ago. forget why. I totally forget why also actually, but yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, you know, I always, I think it always has to do something with money, but then I don't know, I don't really know. So yeah, I mean, you know, everything's around money. money. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much how it is. Everything revolved around money. But uh, speaking on a lighter note, you know, I know you talked about your your experiences, Troy, and uh, how you know it's a small school and everyone pretty much like knows each other and everyone's super close. What would you say is like, I guess, one event at Troy or just one activity outside of football that you just like really you know enjoyed participating in or just enjoyed you know going to? Uh, uh I don't know. It's hard. To, it's hard to think about one, but you know our baseball team, uh, our left field. I mean, that was always good to go out there. I had a golf cart at school, and we <laughs> put up left field, and you know to sit there and grill out, and that's always you know, especially you know baseball season. That's in the spring. Really, nothing going on in Troy. So you know, once they had the weekend games, I thought that was always fun to just go to. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. for me. Uh, for me at high school, I've never like personally played a sport myself, but you know, you talked about, you know, being able to go to those baseball games. For me, I was able to go to our uh, our high school basketball games this past uh this past winter and we won a uh, division title this season and we went like twenty one and seven. You know, that was something really enjoyable for myself, you know, being able to support my friends, all that stuff. So I really like that there. And then kind of uh switching gears to more towards your uh, your NFL experience, you know. How was it being able to uh, to be with the uh, New York Jets? You know, such a such a look, or I want I, I want to say looked upon, but you know, such a uh, such a well known franchise considering it's in such a big area, such like New York. You know, just what was it like being able to uh, be a part of that team? Yeah, it was cool. I mean, I was I wasn't there for long, but mm -hmm. um, you know, I wish I was there a lot longer. I, you know, I was doing really good there, and you know, just things just don't work out sometimes. So, but. You know, I thought it was awesome getting to go there. And, you know, I still talk with Sam Darnold sometimes here and there. And so, you know, we, they, were, they were good with, to me. Trevor Simeon and Davis Webb, that was our quarterback room. Went, went to go golf in that Trump International one time. So that was pretty nice to go to. And so, you know, just, you know, just hanging out with those guys, it was a great experience. Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, that quarterback room of uh, of Darnold, Simeon, and and uh, Davis Webb, you know, a bunch of – a lot of young guys there that, uh, you know, really are starting – well, Sam Darnold, per se, is really just starting to get a, a feel for the league. He is, he is a bright future, at least in my yes. opinion. I'm a, for me, I'm a Giants fan, so, uh, you know – we don't we don't really like the Jets that much. We think uh, Daniel Jones better than Sam Darnold, but that that's just me. But would you say that uh, you know Sam Darnold is a guy that while you were on the Jets that you kind of uh, 
I want to say looked up to, but just really enjoyed, you know, being able to uh, go out there and practice with him and, uh, you know, learn off of each other's game? Yeah. Uh, we um, I knew Sam back in the summer, summer before that. Um, it was uh, the Manning Passing Academy, and we had our lines right next to each other. So I, you know, got close with him there, talking with him. So, you know, it was good. It was good seeing him when I first, you know, got back. But, yeah, it's always, you know, always going to look up to a guy that's, you know, leader of football team and the you know, quarterback of the team. So, you know, it was great. It was great looking up to him. Yeah, definitely. And like like you said, uh, you know, your Jets, uh, your time with the Jets, it was cut a little bit short. But uh, in your next stage of your career, you went to the uh, the AAF and the XFL. Uh, can you describe like those experiences in those different leagues? Uh, I mean, how did they differ from each other with the AAF and the XFL? And how did those differ from uh, your experience in the NFL? Uh, the Lions, uh, the Lions was, I mean, anytime you can play football and you get another shot to play football, it's, you know, it's a blessing. But, you know, Alliance, you know, kind of fell apart, you know. We were told, you know, a bunch of stuff, and you know, kind of, you know, they didn't fall back on their word. Just kind of, it was whole sketchy business, I believe. You know, so obviously that lasted longer than the XFL, but that's because we had a world pandemic. So yeah, I still believe the XFL would have still been running if Corona didn't happen, and we got to finish the whole season. But you know, that's just no. I mean. Well, I think the XFL will be back, but I just thought the Lions League was – it's just – I don't know. It was just a little bit more sketchier than the XFL just for running, you know, day-to-day stuff and, you know. But it was – both of them – both of those were very good blessings. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that makes sense for sure. And do you think that the uh, – do you think through your time with the XFL, uh, do you think that could potentially uh, help to springboard you back into, uh, like, an NFL position? Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, um, you know, I'll get some workouts uh, late July. And when, whenever the NFL, you know, if all the players get back and they start practicing. So hopefully I'll get some few workouts and hopefully land back um, with, you know, any, any team, this uh, training camp. Yeah, definitely. I mean, has your, uh, like, how has coronavirus really impacted uh, you as a free agent quarterback looking for a team? Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, it's impacted, you know, not just me, but everybody from the XFL. Uh, when I got done with the Alliance, when that disbanded, I had the workout the next week. I was on the plane to – I was supposed to go to the Jets, Vikings, and Jaguars. And I went to the Jets first and signed right off the bat with them. So, you know, that's the thing that hurts about me and a bunch of guys that to go just work out for teams and, you know, figure our way back. And now you got to wait a few months to figure out when this corona is going to end up being everybody come back together. So, you know, it's kind of wait and see. You know, we'll figure something out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, getting getting to have that, I feel like that experience in the AAF and the XFL is like, it's just something really interesting because, you know, a lot of us, a lot of the average fans, we don't really know like how those leagues work. We kind of think like, oh, you know, they're, they're pretty much like, I guess, you know, people say like minor league football or whatever, but that's really not mm-hmm. the case. It's still, it's still football. Like, like it gives players all like the opportunity to be able to to pr- go out there, prove themselves in those starting roles. And I, we were talking to someone, I forget who exactly it was, can't really uh, think off the top of my head, but, you know, if you got an offer, you know, to play on a team but only be like the third, fourth string or an offer from an XFL, t- like an XFL team to be a starting player on that team, go out there and prove your worth, you know, some guys would really take up that, that XFL offer because they want to go out there and prove those teams wrong that, you know, I can be a starter. I can show you 
that I could really bring my what my talent bring to the table will help the team and really push us to be a great team. Would you say that's like something that you know a lot of players really don't think about, or you know, would you would you say that you know? I guess what I'm trying to say is that the XFL was just a really good opportunity for a lot of guys. Yeah, yeah, I would say that, and I and I would say the Lions League was a good opportunity too. Just like, it's just a sketchy, it was a sketchy little deal. You know, we were supposed to. Everyone got paid the same, but then, like, depending on your touchdowns, your wins, office, like, all this stuff were supposed to be money bonuses, and but they never said how much is what. It was just all in, like, a, it was all in some – I have no idea. That's that's what I'm talking about, sketches. Like, they just had no clue, you know, what you're supposed to get, but they're saying you're going to make this money, blah, blah, blah. It was sketchy. With the XFL, you already knew what you're getting if you won a game, you're dressed out, you know, you already knew that. So that, that's the only thing I would say about the Lions. It was just more sketchier league. And the XFL was ran great. You know, I thought it was ran perfectly for, you know, the spring league type of deal. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the XFL, like we, I've talked about with Nate too. It, like, I agree with you completely. If the coronavirus never happened, I think XFL would have been fine. Like, I don't think it would have shut down. I think, you know, we would have had a full season and it would have kept going for years to come. But it just it just really stinks because the XFL was, like, compared to the AAF, it, like, you know, you said that the AAF was really sketchy. It kind of just came up out of the blue and they weren't really disclosing stuff. The XFL was being ran, like, really smoothly at the time. It just – it stinks because, because of the coronavirus ending – they weren't able to get those like those funds to obviously pay you guys and be able to fund the team and all that stuff. So it just it really stinks for how stuff like that works out. But uh, kind of going back towards AAF, you know, your time with the Memphis Express, you were in a quarterback room with the uh, the Johnny Manziel, Money Manziel. You know, how was it? What was it like being able to uh, you know interact with uh, such a such a character like Johnny Manziel? Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Uh, Johnny came in and. Uh, um, had just a positive attitude the whole time. Uh, just, you know, want to get better, want to learn the offense and to, uh, you know, just, I mean, he got there late. So, you know, it was it was a great quarterback room. Uh, Mettenberger just got hurt. And then it was just uh, me, uh, Johnny, and Christian Hackenberg. So, you know, it was a great quarterback room to be in. And I, I really, uh, I talk to Johnny every other week. So, we still keep in touch. You know, he's a good buddy to me. So, you know, he's it, a great um, – He's a great dude to me, so that's all I can say about him. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, like those – some of those bonds that people form, that doesn't only happen in the NFL. Like you said, one of the big differences was, uh, like, the money they were paying, how that was structured, stuff like that. Uh, but I think that a lot of people uh, – a lot of people that were watching these leagues, they didn't really understand how the, in, the inner workings were still pretty similar. Like, the um, – we were talking to other people who were in the AAF that said that some of their closest friends now were – teammates that they had in the AAF same thing with the XFL also um I think that those are great opportunities um yeah I mean that's something that that's something that I definitely support all the way especially after after hearing from you about those uh bonds that you have with your teammates like Johnny Manziel yeah yeah and, uh, you know, we're all coming from the same you know you don't matter where you were before at you know if you, how long if you're a five-year ten-year guy you know you're you're coming in and you know you still, oh, everyone has something to prove you know, you get a spring league, you want to get back to the NFL, in which some NFL, you know, people are making $100 million and some people are making 500 k So, you know, with the XFL and Alliance, you're kind of on the same platform. 
same, you know, you're still, you're just a guy trying to prove yourself. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, like, yeah, go ahead, Nate. Sorry. Yeah. And, uh, you know, speaking of proving yourself, uh, you know, after, after going undrafted, like, was that something that's really like motivated you throughout the rest of your NFL career? Like, have you ever felt like it's, uh, uh, like you're like one of your motivations is to prove to teams that you should have been drafted and that you should have, uh, gotten more respect coming out of uh, college. Yeah, I think so. But, you know, can't really, you know, you just got to work hard and, you know, when you get your chance, you know, you got to do really good and you just got to take it and, and run with it. So, you know, I've always tried to prove myself and, you know, and that's just trying to play, you know, be a good quarterback and, you know, have a good time while doing it and have, you know, have fun. You know, you only get to live one life, so you got to have fun with your time. Hey, that's yeah, a great definitely. quote right there. You know, uh, pretty much a YOLO, like hashtag YOLO or something <laughs> like that. You got to go out there, live your life, have fun playing the sport that you love. You know, if you're not playing, if you're playing football and you're not enjoying it, you know, why are you even playing at that point? You yeah. know, if, you, if you're really not going out there wanting to win and wanting to have fun on the field and be able to uh, bond with your teammates and all that, you know, what's, what's really the point right there? You know, it, that's just, that's how I see it. I don't know if you uh, view it that way. Yeah, yeah, I, I view it that way. Like you gotta have fun. Like it's a, it's not a. My middle school coach called, uh, told us this one day. He said it's not a contact sport. Contact is basketball, soccer. That's contact. Uh, football is a collision. And if you don't like getting hit, you might as well not be playing. So, and that's always ran with me. So it's not a contact sport. It's a collision sport. And uh, if you don't like getting hit, I would get on the field. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. Go ahead, Nate. Yeah, you know, you've talked a lot about getting hit, stuff like that. Um, you know, when, when fans watch the game and they watch the quarterbacks, they see, uh, they see the throws uh, and they see, they see those big plays. Uh, they see the incompletions. They, they basically they see on a surface level what happens. Uh, but would you say, like, being a pretty experienced quarterback, what would you say uh, is the, the hardest part about being a quarterback that a fan might not necessarily expect? Playing quarterback in the pocket is just like you're standing – still not moving and you're just getting an elbow I mean a, a helmet to the you know rib cage and yeah you know, those hurt now uh, this thing you're just standing up straight and you're like no NFL XFL any type of football player just come to run at you you know for the five-yard burst it's a hard hit and I don't think the regular fan wouldn't know how that feels because you know they haven't ever sat back there so and they're, they're you know everyone gets you know talks bad about a quarterback he's not playing good but they're not sitting back there, you know, getting hit the whole time either. So, yeah, know, they, absolutely. Uh, they don't know how that's like, but I enjoy getting hit. That, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've always had tremendous respect for, like, some of the best quarterbacks, especially at the NFL yeah. level, are the guys that can really stay composed and can actually stand in the pocket, look downfield, and not get distracted by pressure coming around them. I think that's like that's crazy. I can't imagine like myself being in that position, standing up in the pocket, having these huge grown men running at me while I'm just standing there looking a different direction. That's absurd to me. Like how how have you like is it a training thing or is it just like you're born like that to be able to a withstand those hits but also not really be as afraid of them as you could be? Yeah, you know, you just gotta you know you can't play the game with no fear. You just gotta go out there and you know play and you know you're gonna get hit. You're gonna you know get right back up and. Just that keep getting back up. Hopefully, you know, throw a good ball and it's completion and you can run down the field a little bit, run it off. If it's incomplete, you kind of just got to stand right there and can't really run it off. So, I, I, they, they don't hurt as much once you get a good completion and you get to run it off. So, hopefully that's usually the case. Yeah, I mean, definitely. You know, I can't even imagine, like, 
JJ Watt or like someone <laughs> at that that caliber just like charging at me full full speed coming for my rib cage. I just feel like that that's just like pretty much someone just like handing me like a cup that says like pure pain on it and saying, oh, yeah, you know, just go chug this, like this glass of pure pain, you know, it, it's no big deal. Like that's just absolutely like terrifying to me. I can't even, can't even imagine it, but kind of, uh, you know, switching gears to a different question. I want to hear your opinion on, you know, do you think that this upcoming NFL season is going to be heavily affected, uh, you know, by coronavirus, you know, we got, there's a lot of stuff uh, in the news that they might, you know, have no fans, they might shorten the season. What are your, you know, what's your overall opinion on, you know, how the next season is going to look? Uh, I, I have no idea. I really don't. I'm kind of just you know, waiting to see, you know, like, just, I guess just like everyone else, you know, I, hopefully they'll have some fans. I mean, it's, cause we were going to play the last game with no fans and we were just kind of like, uh, that's kind of like, like doing like a little scrimmage game and like it's it'd be it'd be weird you know like there's no home field advantage and so I hopefully they'll figure something out like I'll, they're probably not gonna do the full stadiums but they can at least do you know mm-hmm. they'll figure something out there I, I believe there will be fans in the stands maybe not the whole stadium but I, I feel like they will um have some fans in the stadium yeah I agree with you completely I think you know it's too early also to tell right now, you know, it's only June, but uh, season doesn't start till September. And, you know, all this stuff opening up, you know, in uh, most states, you know, yes, we, we've seen spikes, but, you know, I feel like by, by the time of September, they'll have, they'll have a good plan in place for, you know, how it's going to work. I think, you know, stadiums at like 25% capacity or 50% capacity spaced out, I think it's definitely a very realistic possibility. But, you know, for me personally, I know Nate also, you know, for us as fans, we just want to see them. We don't care, like, how, I guess, it gets there. I know, you know, as being a player, obviously there's uh, there's stuff that uh, you guys want, you know, uh, for for the season. But, you know, for for the fans, we, we just want sports back pretty much is all I'm trying to yeah. go off of, you know, really I, fingers crossed. I think, that, I think that it's so different in terms of the effect that it has on players versus fans. You know, like, at a surface level, you'd think, oh, like, fans coming to the games versus not coming to the games, that's affecting the fans the most because they want to get the most enjoyment they can. But when you go a little deeper into it, like, as a quarterback, you're standing there not getting home field advantage. You know, the, the other – the opposing quarterback can communicate just as well as you can if there is no crowd noise, if there's no, uh, like, intimidation factor of being at home field. Um I mean, there, there's so much. There's so much of a difference. The revenue of the league changes, so then potentially the, the contracts change. So I think that that really, I, I really hope that they can have fans in the stands, not only from a fans' perspective, but also because like players like you, you know, that are looking for the contracts, that are trying to, uh, you know, play well on home fields, stuff like that. Uh, I think that that's it's it's really important to have fans in the stands for the players' sake. Yeah, and I and I I feel that way too. And then for the owners' sake too, they got to pay. You know. They got to pay all these people. Yeah. So that's what the what's what's going on with baseball right now. Yeah, that's that's you know, crazy. Man, the, right, we're so not going to get a baseball them. season, man. It sucks. They they just can't agree on anything. Yeah. I don't, I've I've seen a few reports. Now I'm just kind of like it's, I just feel like it's just a they just keep on going back and forth, and I'm like, y'all got to figure something out, if, or y'all ain't gonna get nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it really I mean, sucks. some of the, some of those players, they're saying like. Uh, they're saying, okay, like we're ready to play whenever, just like, uh, just like pay us and we'll show up, you know, we'll go to the games. But at some point it just has to come down to, okay, like no matter what the circumstances are, we just want to get a season in so that we actually can get this year of our contract. Cause otherwise they're not going to get 
They're not going to get anything. They're, they're going to lose a whole year of playing experiences. Uh, it's just going to put the whole league in a worse situation because they're not going to be able to make revenue off the season. I, I really can't imagine. I hope that I hope that everything goes smoothly, and I could see it going more smoothly with the NFL uh, and the NFL Players Association. But uh, man, that's the MLB is really like a, a showcase of what not to do at this point. Yeah, uh, I think the NBA. I think they'll be fine. I think are yeah. they starting? What, July yeah, they're 30th? starting July thirtieth. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, they went a day earlier. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, NBA pretty much is, has shown like a perfect example of like how to. Or you know how to pretty much set this up right now. They they Adam Silver is just an very an extremely exceptional uh, uh, what's the word commissioner couldn't think of it. But you know MLB is pretty much the example of what not to do. And NBA is the example of what to do because that that's just how it is. And you know really excited for NBA to come back uh, end of July and hopefully you know uh, Roger Goodell uh, go follows the path of uh, Adam Silver and is able to uh, smoothly set up the uh, upcoming season, you know, fing- fingers crossed, fingers crossed right now for sure. But yeah, uh, you- I, I think I saw like there was a report out there voting on a 60 game uh, season today. I believe the players are. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, hopefully, hopefully that works out. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, fing- fingers crossed we get a season next year, but uh, you know, with that question, uh, we're going to wrap things up uh, with our last question. Uh, what have question. you been doing? during quarantine, Brandon, to, uh, you know, stay active and uh, keep yourself busy? Yeah, just, you know, still working out. Um, I'm down here in Orange Beach. Um, we They uh, opened it, you know, opened up a lot of stuff back uh, May 7th or 8th. So it's been, we've been open for a while. Um, I mean, I live down at the beach, so I know that there's, the beach is closed for the whole month of uh, April, and it opened up back May 1st. So, you know, just kind of hanging out. You know, hanging out with some friends and, you know, just trying to stay in the shape and, you know, throwing. I have the same um, quarterback trainer than Eli and Daniel Jones. So, uh, his name is David Morris. I've been working with him back in Mobile. So, you know, so I know, um, you know, Daniel and them. So, and like I said, I went to the Eli Manning camp as well. Hey, you know, as a Giants fan, uh, you you know, and Daniel Jones, I have to say, I envy that, you know, he's, uh, he's a guy <laughs> I look up to. So that's really some great stuff. But uh, it sounds like, you know, you're staying active, doing what you can to get through this during quarantine, which is a great, great thing. You know, love that there. But uh, with that, we're going to wrap up this show for today. Brandon, I want to thank you so much for able to come on and talk with us today, man. You got anything else you want to say before we sign off? No, I, I was going to say thanks for having me on. It was good talking to you all. Yeah, thank you, man. Appreciate it a ton for uh, for you being able to come on and talk with us today. Uh, Nate, you got anything else you want to say before we sign off? Uh, yeah, just like thank you so much, Brandon, uh, and to all of our all of our listeners, all of our watchers. Uh, I hope that you guys stay safe, stay healthy. Uh, like I always say, keep improving yourself daily. Like there's always stuff you could do, even if you're not a quarterback like Brandon, even if you're not going to the quarterback camps, throwing around stuff like that. Uh, you could always you could work out at home. You know, you can. Uh, read some books, stuff like that. Just keep keep on improving. Keep keep on uh, making the most of your time. Yeah, for sure, man. 100% right there. Hopefully everyone, uh, you know, follows that motto right there. And uh, you guys do what you can to uh, improve and uh, get through these hard times right now. But with that, that is uh, wrapping up our show for today. I want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening to today's episode. And we'll see you guys next time.